So today is James's Christmas Eve, and hockey's back, man. You know, you got the Flyers. The first period's about to end. They are up two to one. You got the Blackhawks and the Lightning as the second game. You know, we got we got our radio spot in the next five minutes. We got a four-way trade with James Harden going to the Brooklyn Nets, Karis LeVert and Jared Allen going to the Rockets, Karis LeVert going to the Indiana Pacers. Pacers for Victor Oladipo, a bunch of picks going to the Rockets. Damn, man, you know, I mean, you're 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 losing the nucleus of the Nets. Basically, young, talented players who could get minimum 17 points a game. You're adding a star. Let's let's face it. James Harden is a star. So 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 now you have easily two of the top 25 in the NBA on one team. Then, if Kyrie gets his act together, Kyrie is possibly within the top 35. So now, right now, you got three currently. If there's a top 50, you, you had three of the top 50 NBA players on one team. Will it work? I don't know. Is there enough ball to go around? I do not know. Um, But it's going to be fascinating. You know, after tonight, they don't play till Saturday. But if James Harden waits till Monday... You're going to have James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Giannis on one court. How amazing is that? So if it's me, that's what I'm doing. You know, because I know baseball, when you get traded, it gives you three days. So I'm not sure how long it is for basketball. But I I take these next couple days to... He, he obviously can't pack and move in one day. You know, some someone from his family or camp, I'm sure, about to sell his house possibly. Um... But that's what I would do. Take a couple days, you know, and then and then and then come 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 to Brooklyn Friday. Maybe 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 watch a game, and then you know be with the teammates, you know. And he burned that bridge in Houston, man. You know, the great Malika Andrews put up stuff that Demarcus Cousins said, and apparently Cousins went to Houston for everyone else but James Harden. Everyone else. And apparently, the chaos started at camp. So, you know, and and this would be James Harden strike three. And baseball, strike three are out, right? Strike one, couldn't make it work with, with Westbrook. Strike two from Cousins, annihilated the whole team. You know, you had him going to the baby's party. You had him getting a billion pounds. And then... If it doesn't work here, it's strike three, and then we know who's the problem. So, um, we're about to be live at five with our boy Stephen A. Turner and Vic Evans. So, give us your thoughts quickly about everything that's going on right now. Number, number one, hockey is back. I'm so happy it's my Christmas. Of course, on the day that I leave, all the news breaks. I should leave more often. Number two... <laughs> Number two, um, I really think that um, the next nucleus are going to be tested because right now, the Nets have to win 
in the next two years. They have to win. They got to win a championship. So my final thoughts is Nets got to win or else this trade is bad. Um, glad that hockey is back. Let's do that hockey. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I'll, I'll say more when we got, we're going to have our radio spot pretty soon. But yeah, I'm just excited. What a new spill day, man. Insane. Uh, Health Studios 1027 The Game here in the Owensboro Health Studios brought to you by Foreman Watson Holtry, Stephen A. Turner, Coach Vic Evans. Going to head to the Nightlighters to Hotline right now. We had uh, Nick and James from the uh, Sports Guys. Guys, are you with us? Hey, buddy, what's going on? What's going on, guys? And they were tying in, so we're going to give them a second to see if we can get them on the line here just, just gotcha. a little bit. See, heating up. Uh, I know you're, we talked about LeMahieu on the Sports Guys the other night with those dudes. You know, what do you think, Vic? Uh, your Yankees, uh, we talked a little bit about them not spinning yesterday, but do you think he's, I, I mean, I, I think he's playing hardball with the Yankees. I think he still pins up back in New York. He is, but let's also remember the fact that Hal Steinbrenner is running this team a lot different than Dad, you know, than George. You know, George, you know, there wasn't a big salary, there wasn't like the, the, the uh, tax, you know, the salary tax that they put on. But if there was, when George was there, he didn't mind because it was all about getting the blessed players and winning titles. And it's a little different, too, because, you know, and don't ask me to, to know what the tax rules are and stuff, but, you know, when George on the team, he bought the Yankees for, like, $10 million, and then they were worth, like, $2.5 billion whenever he, you know, you know, turned it over to his kids. So they just run a little different. They're a little more financially monitored what they're doing and, you know, making sure that uh, they're just not like George. So it would not surprise me. To see somebody like Toronto or even the Mets or somebody jump in and offer a, a package to the Mayhew that the Yankees don't want to match or don't want to pay. Well, Yankees fans out there would tell you that that's not working, right? Because they haven't been winning since Big George has passed on. The Yankees haven't been nearly as successful. You think there's a correlation in that? Um, yes and no. I mean, I think, you know, there's, I'll say this. Brian Cashman has put teams together that are right there in the hunt. Uh, you know, and it's a little different now with the with the deeper playoffs and the wild card, and you know, so they've been in the hunt every year. But yeah, I do think you know, I think they've they've missed some they've missed some spots on some trades that they've tried to make, and uh, you know, Sunday Gray didn't work out. You know, so I mean, there's you know, Paxton hasn't worked out. So I think they've tried things that haven't worked out, but they've been in the hunt. But it, I, I think they'll sign the man. but it would not shock me if he goes somewhere else. Where would he go though? I mean, who's gonna pay him? I mean. It, the Mets? No. I mean, he's got multi, what does he work, like $10 million? That's Mets just spent a ton of money, man. I mean, they're, well, they're going to. They haven't yet. And I think they get Springer, too, before it's all said and done. I think so. Man, what's going on? No. That's too much. That's too much for one team. Lindor and Springer. And well, Lindor's contract's not bad. Now, they're going to sign the extension. They haven't yeah. done that yet. Well, right now it's not. But, but you, you know, get yourself into a real mutual situation if you don't. You know, the, yeah, but I mean, you don't think, you know, here's their chance now to take over New York for a while. You remember, like, you know, I, I know maybe you don't because I don't remember, you know, I'm, I'm a young guy. You know, from like 84 to like 88, 89, New York was a mess town with Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry and Keith Hernandez and, you know, and the Yankees were awful. So, I mean, here's Cohen's chance to make a big splash and go out and sign 
We'll make you a Springer and maybe throw a Bauer in there on the mix, too. It'd be interesting. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Have you heard from the guys that... No. Montreal Studios brought to you by Foreman Watson Holtry, FWHlegal.com. Stephen A. Turner, Vic Evans, going to head to the Nightlighters Hall. I believe we've got Nick from the Sports News. Nick, you with us? Yes, sir. Yeah, there it is. It was just that we had some three-way situation. I couldn't quite get you through. And we got no producer behind the glass. I am the, the, the man behind the glass <laughs> and the microphone at the same time. So, uh, sorry for uh, for James. We'll definitely reach out and get James on again, too. But uh, how you doing, man? Give us uh, give the listeners a little background yourself and how you got into the podcast game, man. So, right around September 11th of last year, um, before that, I really wasn't on social media and then I just see everyone tweeting out their podcasts and whatnot. And I said, you know what? If, if people listen to people just talk about their stuff, I said, why not? And, and I'm a big sports fan. So, it, you know, I just got the name Sports Dude. And then a week, a week after that, Eli Manning, you know, was not the starter for the Giants anymore. And I met James through social and he was a Giants fan. So I had him on as a guest, and then three weeks later, he became my co-host, and now we're recording for over a, a year, pretty much, you know, may, maybe 15, 16 months. Yeah, it's a successful run for Pi. I feel like, you know, for a new podcast, this consistency is the key, and, uh, you know, where, where are you from? Tell the listeners where, where you're calling from. So I am from New York, Queens, New York. Yeah, and so, you know, big uh, up there, I know Patriots, right, and the uh, Giants, so you guys got a little Northeast flavor up there, and you're right up there, kind of somewhat in the neighborhood of the Nets, right, and so yes. the NBA news today is focused on your area, James Harden comes over, give us your take on uh, what's gone down with Harden and this, uh, this trade over to the Nets today. So, after what James Harden said in his press conference last night, it was clear that the Rockets had to trade him, you know. He wasn't going to be with the team until he was traded. So now he's traded for a bunch of things. You know, the Nets lost two young, controllable, nucleus players. So that, that, that has to hurt a little bit, right? You still don't know what's going on with Kyrie. Does he want to play? Does he not want to play? Is he depressed? Is he not depressed because he was at his sister's birthday party? Um, You know, obviously James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, that's three stars. You got Joe Harris, who's a young, good player. You got DeAndre Jordan, good for height. You know, so they can do a lot, a lot of things. But when will, will is there enough ball to go around? Is who's going to take the game-winning shot? You know, if there's a Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals and let's say something like the Capitol happens, will Kyrie be mentally strong enough to play? Will he not play? It's it's a whole lot for Steve Nash in his first year to deal with, you know. As we're talking to Nick with the sports dudes and Nick is Coach Evans. My question for you, let's switch to the NFL just a little bit. If you had to give me one upset this weekend, who's pulling the upset? Who's going on the road and getting a W? Well, you're not going to be surprised by my answer, and that's Tom Brady of the Buccaneers. Everyone, everyone wants to write him out. He's 43, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, with the picture Brady put on social media, this might, this might now be the history ball. You know, their combined age is 84 years old. But Tom Brady got a lot of good weapons. They're hungry. And Drew Brees, I don't know. He, he hasn't done anything since 2009, so...
It has been a while, but he hasn't ran into the Vikings in the playoffs yet. That's probably what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on now. How about, just quickly, we'll run through and just get the picks, and then we'll do some rapid fire. With you. I hate that we missed the last segment with you. I want to get some, some more in-depth. But uh, let's jump into these matchups really quickly. Rams at Packers. Who you got uh, up there at Lambeau? Packers by 12. Gaze. <laughs> <laughs> He's not being asked in the interview, though. 
sorry. I don't know. I heard Philly. I heard Philly was after him a little bit. I think it's just a joke. But man, you, I, that's that's the right answer, though. I mean, the bottom line is, I, I don't know why he even got a second opportunity. That's the right. Adam Gase. I couldn't agree more uh, with that with that answer. Well, moving on down to number two, and you know, I talk about one of the hottest names out there. Even though he's not in the playoffs, the hottest name in the NFL that I've heard the most over the past week is Deshaun Watson. Does Deshaun Watson get moved? out of Houston, and if so, where do you think he ends up? I mean, it's it's kind of like James Harden, I think. I, I think they kind of have to, you know. Houston sports, I mean, it, it might not be great, you know. But, um, you know, I I don't think he goes to the Dolphins. If it's me, I I want him on the Patriots. If it's me and I'm Bill Belichick, I'm, I'm giving oh, up man. the first pick for this year. I'm giving up the first pick for next year. I'm giving up. I'm giving up the third pick for next year, and then I'll give up the second pick for for 2023. I'm talking two firsts, a second, and a third. Yeah. Yeah, it might get it done. I think it might take three firsts, a second, and a third. But I think the Patriots may move on. I think care. I don't think the Patriots covet first round picks that much. Bill oh, just loves trading rounds for Division three guys that no one's ever heard of and making them superstars. But I like that. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we'll see. We're just starting to simmer down from the Patriots. Uh, Dynasty, though, we don't need to bring that one back for at least a couple years now. Come on. That hurts, man. We got Patriots fatigue, man. Definitely. All right, the next question is we talked about it a little bit, but who is the worst teammate? you got to pick the worst one. Is it Harden? Is it Kyrie Irving? Ooh. <laughs> uh, what are you guys doing to me here? Um, I, I would have to say Kyrie because James Harden is going to play, right? You have no <laughs> doubt in your mind. That he's gonna play. He may have to lose twenty pounds, um, but you know. But that you you have to think now: is Kyrie mentally strong to be able to play a game? Because let's face it, there's there's gonna be a lot more tragedies in the next five years than than not probably. Who knows? So you're not sure if he plays or not. Is that real though? I mean, is that really happening? Is that really the reason why he's not playing? Or is that an excuse? I mean, I have a hard time believing. Like, I get it. I mean, people take that seriously, and they absolutely should. But is that something that makes you not get out of bed in the morning, you think? Well. I mean, you got out of bed. You went to the sister's birthday party or whatever with no mask. Yeah, so, that's. I mean, is that, is that just a story, or what, what's going on with Kyrie? I mean, if it's me, first of all, if I'm going to be dumb, I'm going to be smart enough to at least make sure I know nothing bad happened. So, if it's me, I'm making sure everyone is at that party. No pictures, no videos. If you want to do that, get out. Because he most likely paid for the whole party, so he should have been smarter. And I mean, he is he he is a black man, and and not that not that I not that I want to go here. But let's be face it, last Wednesday was horrible. You know, there is a lot of innocent deaths going on in the world, so that that can get up to. Even the strongest person. So if you're already mentally weak, you know what? Maybe maybe that can affect you. And and James could speak to this more than I can, but um, it's 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 tough, you know. Oh, absolutely! It is definitely crazy times. There's no doubt. Uh, if, if that was the case, and he could, you know, if there was having a mental situation, which I don't, I just don't buy it. That's that's kind of where I, I I come in, especially considering some of the things you've seen with Kyrie. Uh, in the past. So this isn't the first instance of some odd right, behavior. Right, exactly. What have we got for number four? Next question. You know, for us guys down here, in the, you know, in the South, you know, high school sports is huge. And 
the perception up, you know, when you get into the Northeast, is high school sports just isn't that big. Is that the truth? Or is it just that there's so many professional teams you just don't hear about it down here? Uh, I mean, normally that stuff used to, like, like, like when I was growing up, that was barbershop talk. You know, when I, when, when I was playing high school sports, all, all of them at that time, you know, they had the clippings up. They, they look forward to us coming in and talk, talking about the game. But here, there's, there's like nine plus professional sports teams. You got WNBA, you got the major four, you got, you got, you know, St. John's college basketball. So there's so much sports to talk about. You got the Bills, you know, so that's just so much to where, to where the closest you come is maybe baseball. Um, because, because the championship game normally takes place in Yankee Stadium, so, you know, that's, that, that, that's pretty much it. That's pretty, that's a pretty nice prize. That's there. a nice prize, yeah. I mean, to be a state champion. I knew everything you said, except for St. John's, let's forget it. Let's play this pass. Oh, come on. Come on. Chris Mullen is not walking through that door. It's been a while. It's been a while. Man, we're going to round it out, man. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. But one last question for you, number five here. From an outside, because Kentucky basketball is, you, you you can't wrap your mind around how, big how it crazy it is down here uh, with Kentucky basketball. From an outsider's perspective, because you being in New York, and then Cal's a New York guy, you know, up that way, what's the perception of Cal in Kentucky outside of, of maybe our little bubble down here. I always like to hear that from somebody that's maybe not a part of Kentucky. I mean, you know, when it comes to college basketball, if it's not Duke, I normally don't pay attention. But John Calipari knows how to run a program, knows knows how know, knows how to coach, and he's he's a smart guy. And if... if if I can't play for Coach K, I want to play for Calipari. Um, John Wall was was a Wallcat, you know. Now he's in Houston, so he he puts a lot of good things together out there. He he knows what he needs to win, and uh, it's it's very impressive with what he's built. Yeah, he has built it, and it, it just, it just right now, it's kind of going south on him a little bit, and that happens sometimes. You can't, I don't think you can be the king year in and year out, but, uh, man, Nick, it's been a lot of fun, uh, Sports Dudes Podcast, and we'll be sure and tweet, we'll tweet out the link, uh, that way so everybody can uh, follow you guys, be sure and check it out. Uh, if you're out there, tell the listeners what they can expect when they tune in to hear the sports guys. So, most of the time, we mostly talk professional sports, you know, the major four, hockey, basketball, football, baseball. Um, we're, we're big, big, big on women in sports. You know, we, we had a coach for the Oakland Days minor league club on last night, and, you know, we, we want women to get the opportunity, not, not just because of their gender, but because they, they could do the job, and, you know... It's, it's very important because th- there are a lot of people that are not for that, and I don't understand. I, I don't understand why if a person can good enough to be a job, why, why wouldn't you want them? So, so we're, we're really big on that. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, that's kind of the same thing. I think yeah, that's kind of how we found each other, I think, was uh, all the female guests that we both have with uh, Emily Nyman and uh, across the board, just so many different ones out there, and Emily Van Buskirk and stuff. So, man, we wish you the best, and uh, hopefully we get your partner on James. Uh, had some technical difficulties. Love to get him on and maybe do a rapid fire with him as well. And, and talk bad about the Patriots. 
Yeah, we'll talk about it when you're not here. Yeah. <laughs> Ears will be burning. Man, we appreciate it. You, you stay safe, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. So, we are here with one of the awesome members of the Sports Chill, Pat. And uh, this is mostly, mostly going to be a hockey pod, and part of this makes me want to vomit. But, um... A fabulous blockbuster. You know, we haven't had one of those in about, I don't know, I guess a week. Uh, James Harden goes to the Brooklyn Nets. You know, Jared Allen goes to the Cavs. Carousel Vert goes to the Pacers. Victor Oladipo goes to the Rockets. So, how do you, you know, how do you think James Harden will work with the Nets? I think ultimately he'll be fine. Um, the Nets are going to be in a rough shape for a few weeks. They have to kind of relearn the chemistry and start from ground zero with that front. And they lost two key pieces in Levert and Allen. And losing those guys is, is a tough uh, is a tough proposition, especially when the defense is just horrific to begin with. And now you take away the best defender in Allen on the team. Um, it's going to be a lot of relearning, and you know, Harden really needs to get in the shape because he looks like he's like playing pickup basketball. Um, the way he's operating and taking care of his conditioning, and that's not good. So, um, long long term, the Nets will be where they need to be. It'll be a top four team in the East, and probably staring at uh, Milwaukee or the Sixers in in the uh, conference finals, I'd imagine. Hey, Pat, hey, this is James, the other half of the sports dude. First things first, bro. Um, number one, Harden looks like he ate three bags of Harden inside yeah. one bag of Harden. So it, it's crazy. And number two, um, as a Knicks fan, look, obviously, they, they don't need Harden to keep the Knicks. The, the, the Knicks are just a terrible shooting team. The Knicks state. But that's, that's not the point. The point is you make this trade because you want to win now. That's the only reason why you make this trade. And you got about two years to win. The only reason why I say two years is that at the end of next year, Kevin Durant could opt out after next season. So, if they don't win in the next two years, then I could see Kevin Durant being very unhappy because the report saying that his friendship with Kyrie Irving is it, 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 distant. Kyrie's away from the team for whatever reason. Um... Obviously, James Harden is an electric player, but you gave up a lot. And if you, and it's, it's probably not going to hurt this year because the net, because the draft pick's going to be low. But maybe in three years, it's going to hurt because you need draft picks to build in the NBA. Yeah, of course. I mean, kind of, to a degree. I mean, the Knicks have been building with, building with draft picks for a while now, and it's really not materializing. It's frustrating. Houston didn't make much sense to me. I don't understand how John Wall and Dalton and 
Ben Simmons could even coexist, but, you know, I'm glad that we don't have to talk about that. But, um, I mean, I, the Nets are going to be fine. Um, it's just a matter of Harden, you know, instead of looking like the 3 Hardens, maybe it look like the 8 one Harden, as opposed <laughs> to what he's at now. And, <laughs> and um, you know, this is, this is what you do. Win-now teams make win-now moves, that's certainly this. I mean, you know, if the Bucks didn't, you know, give up the world for Drew Holiday, maybe they would have won after Harden instead because their half-court offense is atrocious. But, um, you know, this is, this is what win-now teams do. You have Kevin Durant's automatically win-now team. You know, even without Kyrie, I mean, they're still going to be fine. Personally, I, I think Ky- it's, he will never agree to it, but for the better of the team, because Levert's role, he came off the bench. And I think if Kyrie was that with that sixth man, he's never going to agree to it, so it's really kind of moot. But I think that's the perfect role for him, where he could, you know, he could still log starter minutes, but you know, he, the, spreading the, the three of them out minutes-wise, having him come off the bench, he'd be able to dominate the second unit. And, um, you know, I think it, it, would, it would make them, as the Nets, a, a bit more evened out. But, uh, you know, that's up to Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni to figure out this point. They might need Steve Nash and Amari to suit up for the Nets, actually, soon. They're going to run out of role players. But, uh, yeah. Right now, you know, the Brooklyn Nets are just straight dominating the next. You know, the Knicks don't even look like they belong on the same court. So the next time they face each other with Durant and Harden in the same lineup and possibly crazy Kyrie, but... But that's not what this pod is mainly for tonight. Uh, you know, this is this is like seeing seeing a shooting star. It you know, or or media. It rarely happens. You know, um, tomorrow. You know, tonight hockey tipped off two games, but tomorrow the locals, the locals hit the ice. You got the Rangers. You got the Islanders. What what do you want to see from the Rangers this year? What do you want to see from from Lafreniere? So, Rangers, big picture. Um, I, I just want to see the kids take a step forward. Lafreniere, I'm not as worried about. I mean, you know, looking into the number one pick is is amazing, and I think he'll ultimately be fine. I, the guy I want to see take a step forward is Kako, um, number two pick from last year. You know, he was expected to come in and be ready-made, so to speak, and, you know, plug and play. And he just wasn't, um, you know, new country for the kids. Doesn't speak the language well, a lot of expectations, New York, the whole thing. And, um, you know, he just didn't, he didn't meet expectations. And, you know, it's disappointing, especially with the scrutiny in New York. But you saw a lot of encouraging things once the restart happened and the, uh, the playoff bubble happened. And I know the Rangers stay in the bubble was quick, you know, two games. But you saw some really positive signs out of, out of Caco there. So he's the one I'm looking forward to the most. Um, but Lafreniere, I mean, I, I already bought the reverse retro jersey with his name on the back. I'm hoping to be rocking that thing for the next 15 years. Hopefully at a uh, celebration or two. But for this year, uh, I think, you know, 40 points is reasonable, you know, for a number one pick with, you know, the sh- a surefire kid. I think 40 points in 56 games is it's a high expectation, but I think it's certainly attainable. And, I, I mean... I'm pretty realistic with where I'm at for my expectations for Rangers as a whole. This year, I just want to see them build. I want to see the kids grow. Keandre Miller, especially, excited about. And, and Igor Shesterkin, the two of them. 
seeing them kids grow and hopefully Jacob Truba has a bounce back season so he can live up to the monster contract he got. And uh, hopefully Mika and, and Panarin, they do their thing and they act like superstars that they're supposed to be. And I think the Rangers will be fighting for the four seed in the Eastern Division. As you know, the division is ridiculous this year. With the new realignment has I don't expect them to make the playoffs, but I do expect them to be in the mix until um, the very end. And, you know, if they get in, then you know, see where the chips may be. Uh, where they let the chips lie where they may. I don't think the Rangers are making the playoffs. I'm going to be perfectly blind. The Eastern Division is a gauntlet. You got Boston. You got the Flyers. You got the Pens. You got the Capitals. You got the Islanders. So, like, a good team is not going to make the playoffs. I oh, think the Rangers' expectations. I think the Rangers' expectations are, you know, development. It's about growth. Um, a lot of pressure is on Dan Quinn. Um, Dan Quinn, um, he's brought here to help the young players. You also, you got a superstar in Panarin. Um, you got a budding superstar in Jacob Sabanajad, a very good goalie, Igor Shosturkin, a, a decent backup in Georgiev. Um, so I, I'm, I'm sticking with hockey, but I'm a step away from hockey for a bit and ask you about your former goaltender, arguably one of the greatest goaltenders of all time, Henrik Lundqvist. Obviously, you heard about the procedure that he went through. Um, you're, you're a big-time Ranger fan. I'm sure it must have, like, you know, felt something um, hard when, when you heard that um, Henrik was getting surgery. What was your thoughts about that? And recap, as a Ranger fan, what Henrik Lundqvist meant to you? I mean, for the record, I'm wearing a King of New York hoodie right now, so that says uh, a lot. Uh, he's, he, like, uh, I'm trying to think. In middle school is when I really first latched on to the Rangers, and that was probably, like, 2004, 2005. And um, that's peak. That's, that, that's, that, that was the exact timeline of Lundquist. Uh, tenure with the Rangers. That's when that's when it all began. So that's all I know. My entire Rangers hockey fandom, I haven't known it without Henry Plumpkins being in that. Um, I'm a firm believer that he's the best goalie in Rangers history. I know Richter won a cup here, and that that holds a lot of cachet. But Plumpkins, to me, I mean, I'm biased. I didn't get to see him play, but Richter had had all-time great players around him at, at several stops along the way, whether it be Messier and Graves and Leach, of course. Those three alone, on top of the other star players on that team, on those teams, you know, it. Lundqvist, like, at one point, one of the seasons they made the playoffs, they had, like, Nick Zerdev as, like, the best player on the team. It's just, like, you look at oh my some, God, of, I remember that. some of these lineups that he had to deal with, like, just, like, like Grant Kaminsky was a nice, a nice little role player for for a bit, and you know he, he he developed into a better player in Columbus. But like at one point he was like a top three player on the Rangers, and you know that he's like a, he's like a, a really good a really good third center on on a good team. You know he was logging in more of his to the Rangers, and it's just a testament to what Henrik meant to the Rangers. And to me, like I said, he's he's my Ranger. That that. That's all he'll be. He's my ranger. It sucks that he never won a cup here, but I mean, I I was at so many of these playoff games, and my 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 greatest sports moment I've ever been at was when they clinched to go to the cup, and um, 
against Montreal game six. They pitched a shutout and you had that iconic save with his with his blocker and it's just like, you know, getting chills thinking about it and you know, you, you know, she moves on, they buy him out instead and then you see the, the tweet come out from him that like he has heart issues and it's like, oh geez man, like you know, hope hope everything's okay and then like ten days later you find out he had surgery and it's like, what the what what just happened? Like this guy's a peak peak athlete and you know, you're just scared for him, first of all, as a human being, let alone as a as a as an athlete and you know, you just want him to be okay and you know, be able to do the things he wants to do now that he's uh anchored to home. You know, hopefully he can have a long life with his family and um you know, but selfishly a, a, a part of me never wanted to see him in action with another team, so I guess I might get that wish. But um, you know, he's a competitor. He wants a cup, and you know, if the Rangers weren't in the playoff, Caps were. I was 100 percent rooting for Henry to get his uh, to get his cup finally. But um, you know, he's he's my guy. He's he will always be my guy. Whenever when that jersey gets retired and put up in the Raptors, I am. I, I you, you couldn't imagine how fast the tickets would be bought. That's that's how fast my fingers are going to be working to buy that ticket once that's available. I got a question for you. Let's say let's say the de- the devil comes to your door. He says Henrik will be with the Rangers next year. The Rangers will win the Stanley Cup. But that's what you get. What I get now is the Rangers will be horrific for the next 20 years. And 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 horrific. I mean, you know, win maybe no more than 10 games in a season for the next 20 seasons. <laughs> you know how really bad you have to, before you answer, do you, know how, do you know how really bad you have to win to win 10 games in an 82-game season? Do you know how really terrible you have to be? You just have to be the record kid. Exactly. But to answer the question, I would do it. I wouldn't look back. Get that man a cup. He deserves it. Now, I'll deal with the 20 years later. 100%. That's like, the question. And, and, 
and, and that's where I'm going to lead to back to hockey. That's what I'm going to say is that any fan would take a title now and deal with 20 years later because because you're not thinking about the future. You're thinking about the present. And speaking of the present, obviously the Eastern Division is tough. I have the Islanders, Flyers, Capitals, and Pens making it out of the Eastern Division. What do you got? Um, I think Flyers for sure. I still think Penguins got something to prove. You know, they're older now. Them and the Caps are in the same situation. So Flyers, Caps, Penguins. And that, it's really that fourth spot. Um, and I think I think I think Boston is really is really gonna come back there. They lost a lot of leadership in Chara and Krug, and uh, Hoffman's hurt. So I, I'm kind of souring on them. Um, and I think Buffalo and Jersey are gonna be competitive as heck. And I think Taylor Hall is like just what Jack Eichel needed. So I think it's gonna come down to the final playoff spot in the East. It's going to come down to Sabres, Devils, Islanders, and Rangers. So that's, that's four teams for one spot. And I would give it to the Islanders, I think, just top to bottom. They're, they're such a good team. Trotz is easily the best coach in the New York area. Obviously one of the best coaches in all of hockey. And... Yeah, you know, as much as that pains me to say it, you know, we got to be objective here, and the Islanders are a really good team. And, I love it. You know, they got to accomplish finals for a reason, so that's that's where I'm at. All right. A Ranger fan waxing, a Ranger fan waxing for the Islanders really warms my heart. It really warms my heart. Start. You know that was waxing poetic about them. <laughs> Yeah, because, no, I'm just saying, though, like a Ranger fan giving the Islanders credit really wants my heart because a lot of Ranger fans have poo-pooed the Islanders. I'm like, we made it to a conference finals and took defending Stanley Cup champs to a game six. I'm sorry. You can't do no. that. They're good. They're good. But, but I don't, like, they're, like their upside isn't high in my mind because they don't have that true superstar talent. Like, Barzell's great, yes. But he went cold in the playoffs, man. And Bovillier, these guys went cold because they're not true superstars. Like, they're, they're very good true. players. Barzil's a star. Bovillier is very streaky. I personally love Bovillier a ton. Um, you know, Anders Lee's a nice player. Like, these guys are good players. They're good, and they're good in the system. And that's where Trotz comes into effect. But, you know, between those guys not being those truly elite guys, you don't need that. And then losing Devin Taves, like, it's just like... Oh, that hurt. Well, that was only for Cap. That was only... It was not because... It was not because the Islanders wanted to give up Devin... um, um, Devin Taves. It's because the Islanders had no room to re-sign him. They had to trade him. They didn't have a... They didn't have a choice. It's not like... Go ahead. You go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. No, I was gonna... I was gonna say... I, I was gonna say... That the Islanders had no choice to trade Devontae Tate because they're in cap hell. Johnny Boychuk retired. It, it alleviates some cap. The Islanders have like have have, have contracts that's going to be very very. They're going to be cap strapped. They signed Barzell, but it, but it's a bridge contract. You know he's going to want big money in three years. You know they have to re-sign Sorokin after this year because he's a restricted free agent. So it, it's it's really tough for the Islanders. But the thing is, is like it's it's so self-inflicted because you're giving people like Matt Martin 
are fan favorite players. We get it. We know it. We love it. We all have those guys that fans just absolutely love. And then you're dishing out like a mil and a half for him over four years or whatever the contract was. And it's just like, but there's like, there's been a string of like bottom of like bottom six forwards or back end defense that they're giving these, these, you know, two million here, a million yeah. and a half here, whatever it is that adds up. And then it's like, oh man, why are we bridging that bar zone? Like he needs to be here long term, not three years. Like, and it's, it's a lot of it's self-inflicted. I know a lot of it wasn't Lou's fault. That was prior to Lou, but you know, that's, you know, that's where you got to be a little annoyed with that. And it's like, you know, you shouldn't have to give up seven taves in a, in, a cha- in a championship window for them. I don't think they're, I don't think they're upside going to be a championship, but that's kind of how the team is, is constructed. And it really bothers me because the fact of the matter is that the Isles, I'm not saying the Isles are going to win a championship, but they do have a window that they can compete for a championship. This is their window. And obviously now you're gonna to have to have now you're gonna have contra have to have contributions. Now you're gonna have Wallstrom and you're gonna have Keeper Bellow. So now the Islanders are gonna to have to force to get younger in key spots. So you're gonna have a third line of Pajot, Bellows, and Wallstrom. And Wallstrom has been kind of hit and miss because he hasn't really developed into one of those snipers that the Islanders drafted him to be. Obviously, because what the Islanders have, they have a lot of guys. They have a guys and they have a, and have a star. Barzell is a star, and and and, and 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 he is one of those guys that he's a guy you need to build around. Anders Lee is, is great, and obviously, you know, you can't be signing bottom four guys to like million dollar per year contracts, and they're gonna wonder like, what the hell? Obviously, part of it, you know, Garchnow, bad job out of him. The lad contract was terrible. Um, the drafting has not been good. Luckily, when you have a good coach in um, Barry Trotz, he kind of like. He, he kind of wipes away all the bad, but at some point, you 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 need superstars to win. You need superstars. I mean, Islanders have good have a defensive structure and defense will carry you in the playoffs. But when you need your superstars to make plays, the Islanders just don't have it, and that's the problem. That's what they ran up against Tampa. You know, Kucherov and Paul and Point and Paye. They Tampa Bay has stars. They have guys that can get it done. The Islanders don't have a have a Palat. They don't have a Kucherov. They don't have those players. It's uh, it's a, the thing. Tampa there is just the ultimate snake oil, people. I mean, getting Kucherov to to sit out the entire season with that injury, and now putting him on long term IR to open up cap space. They are unbelievable. They are just a freaking machine, and you know they're beating the bless the Blackhawks, the Blackhawks heart, but they are just they are just getting the doors blown off of them right now by Tampa. It's uh. It's amazing. It's like, you know, they have that. They have that going for them that their their front office are savvy. They are super savvy folks and you know, they get what they want, like at all times. They get it on contracts because of the no state income tax and, and make contracts a little less go a bit further down there the advance they have in that regard is uh is crazy. Like, you know, I mean the Panarin off season, I mean I don't need to tell you this, but you know, you, every, all, the, all the word was it was either Islanders or Florida for them, you know, going into that overnight. And it was like, okay, whatever. And you thought, okay, well, you know, it's going to be Florida because Quinville's down there, and then they're going to get Bobrovsky, who's his boy, and, like, you can offer all this money. And it's, it's just amazing. But, but, yeah. All right, so start one, bench one, cut one. Hank, uh-huh. Mark Messier. And Wayne Gretzky. 
in the context of them during their Ranger career? Yes. In the context of their Ranger career, so start, cut, bench. Yes. You cut that date because this is in context of the Ranger career. Then you have to, much of this pains where you have to bench Henry, and then you have to start an FTA. That's how that goes. Yeah, that's that. If I'm a Ranger, that that's the only order because when Gretzky came to the Rangers, he was on the back end of he was on the back end of his career, and his career was kind of winding down. So, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, they got to a conference final with with, with Gretzky in '97. <laughs> they they got that far, but you know, it, for the context of that career, um, that's actually the better answer because. Messier got it done. Gretzky was on the tail end of his career, and Lumpkins, as great as he was, and he did, and he did take the Rangers to the Stanley Cup. Is just blow, you, you blew leads in games one, two, and five. Those were those cost you. Those cost you, especially game two when you had a two nothing lead and a four two lead. That cost. Yes, no doubt. No doubt. This game's been pain for bringing it up, but um. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> It's, Pain uh, builds character, he's, Pat. He's damn right. You're damn right. He deserves his share of blame, man. It's it's not uh it's not lost on me. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's my order. You start Messier, you bench Henrique, and you cut Gretzky. Now, what if what if you put it each of them in their best year that they had in hockey, their best year. Who are you starting? Oh, Who are you benching? Who are you cutting? What he's basically saying, what he's saying is Messier with the Oilers and Henrik and uh, Henrik, Messier with the Oilers, Messier, Gretzky with the Oilers and Henrik with the Rangers. Yeah, no, so uh, under that premise, um, obviously you have to start Gretzky and then you'd have to bench Messier and you'd have to cut Henrik. I mean, Henrik was great. Yes, he was great. Yes, he was great. But Messier is literally like one of the best one of the top 50 players of all time. And then Gretzky is the best player of all time. You know, I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, if you do fantasy hockey or not, but back in the day, Gretzky was so good, they had to divide him into two things. It was Gretzky that scored, so it was Gretzky goals, and then it was the Gretzky that passed, so it was Gretzky and assists. That's how freaking good that guy was at the game, so you have to start him. Wow. He was two different entities as one person. That's how damn good that guy was. Outrageous. Um, what do you think about, um, what do you think right now about Igor? I mean, do you think Igor is on the call this? Who was that? Igor, um, Igor Shosturkin. Oh, no, goal, Shosturkin. Yeah. He won the call this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can't believe he even qualifies as, as a rookie for the Calder this year. Um, but, I mean, if the, if the Rangers are competitive, you know, like I said, if they're fighting for that final, that fourth playoff spot in the East, I think it's, it's his to lose. Unless Lafayette really comes in and just sets the world on fire. Um, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the scenario I see. Um, but, you know, there's, there's Kirill Kaprizov and out in Minnesota. So there's a few other good candidates out there. I don't think Byfield's really going to be starting with uh, with uh, L.A. I think he's going to have to sell more of plug and play day one. But um, Oh my god, he's gonna be a star. He's gonna be a star. Yeah. That kid yeah, that kid's gonna be a beast. 
That kid for LA? Man. That kid's yeah, gonna be he's, something special. He's good. He's real damn good. But um I think Igor has a good shot. I mean, you know, it was a short sample size ultimately, but I think we saw enough to get really excited about him. Um, the crazy thing is that I think Georgie is actually younger than Shesterkin, which is kind of wild to even think in those terms. Because Georgie has been around for a bit, and I don't need to tell you because he's an Islander killer. Um, the way I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. We like Islander killers out here on this podcast. What was that? We like Islander killers out here on this podcast. No, we don't. We don't like <laughs> Islander killers out here on these podcasts. Don't you listen to this guy? <laughs> but um, but um, but yeah, uh, it's you know what's crazy that Georgiev came before Shosturkin, and there was rumors going on that if Shosturkin did not get called up from Hartford, he was gonna he was gonna leave. Because he, because he felt that he was good enough to make it to the big clubs, and from what I saw in Hopper, Shosturkin was dominating. Now let me ask you this: Obviously, this matchup is going to happen at some point. It's not going to happen tomorrow, but this goalie matchup is going to be interesting. You're going to have, uh, I can't wait. You're going to have, well, Varlamo starting tomorrow, but you're going to eventually have Sorokin, who was who was won the prize Islander goaltender, who was really good in Russia. Versus Shosturkin, and Shosturkin looks like he's the real deal. How excited you for that match? Because I, I can't wait. Because I know that Sorokin is motivated to play against Shosturkin because they're countrymen. But they, but Sorokin always had an edge when he played up when, when he went up against Shosturkin. I think it's going to be really fun once uh, once Sorokin starts. I mean, I would I would have loved I would have loved for them to pull that trigger tomorrow. It would have been really fun, but. Um, you know, you understand that it's not the time and place for that. But, I mean, I don't know enough about Sorokin to, to say, like, that a matchup-wise, so I'll take your word for it. But, I mean, he's, he's the Islanders version of Garrett Cole that the Yankees got. Like, this is the guy. This is the final piece. He's supposed to be the final piece there to the goalie problems, to potentially pushing them over the top for a cup. So, I mean, how could you not be excited? And, you know, from a Rangers standpoint, I want both these teams to be good at the same time. And they are, and it's trending that way. The Rangers aren't on the Islanders level yet, but that window is, is coming into full view very, very soon. Um, and I'm hoping it's Sorokin versus Sterkin for the next 10, 10, 12 years. I think that would be really fun for, for the tri-state area or for, for, you know, Rangers and Islander fans and, I'm so glad you mentioned Garrett Cole. Perfect, perfect segue into some Yankee baseball. Um, you know, it's day a billion that DJ's been a free agent. You know, it's day 2017 that we've had to hear Yankees complain about DJ leaving or not. You know, Yankees crying poverty. When do you think DJ will sign and do you think he'll stay in the Bronx? Just the way the market's going, I don't know how anyone can really predict when 
um, of players going to sign. I mean, Springer's out there, and Real Muto's out there, and Bowers are Bowers out there. Those are the three best free agents out there. So it's hard to say when, but ultimately, I do think DJ will resign with the Yankees. He wants them. They want him. He really doesn't want to leave. Like, I mean, you see the, the the report of him like threatening to engage with the Red Sox. It's like, okay, okay, DJ, go go play for the Red Sox for the next five years, and and you know, see if you're even remotely competitive. They're they're gonna they're in trouble. You know, they have to trade Andrew Benintendi, and they have to do this, and they have to do that. It's like they they are in for a a race style long haul rebuild. It's not even a retool; it's a rebuild, a complete top to bottom rebuild. But to you know, to get back to the point, DJ's going to be a Yankee. I think he'll be, what makes sense in my mind, contract-wise, is you do four years, and then you do a vesting option with, with attainable goal that the Yankees would want him to, 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 um, to hit. You know, if that game's played, because I know he's a 32-year-old. You can't be expecting these crazy contracts as a 32-year-old, albeit I do think his game will translate nicely because he's a contact hitter, but... Um, Let's say four years of the vesting option for a fifth year, and let's call it twenty-four million a year. So that's what that's uh, ninety. No, it's embarrassing. That's ninety-six million. So yeah, four years, ninety-six million for TJ. That would be my. That would be my bet. You know what's funny, Nick? Didn't you have that similar contract with DJ? That I believe you had that similar contract Four with DJ, for and that's exactly yeah. That's that's where that's that's kind of where I'm in agreement too. I think that's the line I draw. I'm I love DJ to death, but I'm not giving him that fifth year. I'm sorry because he's 32, about to be 33. No shot, no shot in hell. I'm giving a 32 to 33 year old a five year deal when his when his when his, his skills could easily year old now. I will say that signing DJ is a start, but that's not enough. The Yankees need to fix the bullpen, and they need bullpen help. That's what they need. Because right now, you need to take advantage of right now that Houston is going to rebuild at some point. That's why they haven't re-signed Springer, and it looks like they're more than likely to let Correa walk at 2021, and they're going to build around Altuve and Brenton. Um, You're looking at... um, the Rays, they trade away their pieces, but I don't know if the Rays offensively are strong enough that they can compete. Um, you look at the Blue Jays, they're they're good, but they're not that good yet. The White Sox are obviously a, a threat. This is the time, if I'm the Yankees, to take advantage of the window right now because the path to the World Series is right there. There's a path to get to the World Series. So if I'm the Yankees, I take advantage because... You look at the National League, the Mets are loading up, the Dodgers are still the Dodgers, the Padres are loading up, the Braves are still good. The NL got four teams that can make the World Series, while the AL is kind of like wide open. 100% agree. I mean, if, if, the, if the Yankees aren't in the World Series this year, their heads have to roll. Like, there's no other way around it. Whether that's Cashman, whether that's Boone, whether that's Gary whether that's whoever it has to be, the heads are going to have to roll. The Yankees aren't in the World Series at a minimum. At a minimum. It, it would be, I know it's, it's, it's always been World Series a bust, but this is truly the year when things have to come back to that 
to that mission statement. Um, to get to to uh, address the bullpen, I mean, I don't know if, if that's going to be addressed through through signing somebody. You know, I think all their money's earmarked and allocated for DJ, as we just spoke about. And you know, I think you're going to have to trade an Andujar or something along those lines, whether it's like Andujar, something like that. Um, you know, Andujar and something else for Hater, whatever the case may be, or a top end reliever. Um, you know, I, every year we, we see the same song and dance where the bullpen's fine during the regular season, and then they're just so relied upon early on that they just they just gas out. They just, they're just gassed, and now there's no Kainley, and it's like uh, Beto's kind of out of the circle of trust at this point. So realistically, you're looking at just, just Britain, just Chapman, and Chad Green, and the, and the three of them, you know, if you're going to put so much stock into three of them, like, you know how baseball is, you know how pitching is especially, it's very fragile. If one of those guys blows out at any point, they are in, they are in serious trouble. Um, I know there was, uh, what was it, Brooks Christie, is that the guy's name? Brooks Christie, they're yeah. looking to, to take the next step um, and, you know, be a core reliever for them. Just make sure that's the right guy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, that's a reliever, but but I don't think he'd be a core reliever. No. I thought there was there's someone that people were really eyeing on to be uh, that next that next um, yeah, it was Brooks Christie that people are had their eye on to be a, like a breakout kind of guy for them. But I mean, yeah. you know, the Brad Hands of the world being available, I don't know if they're if, if they're gonna sign a Brad Hand. I think that's more suitable for the Mets. You know, as much as I hate to say it, I think that's the route that they go, but, um... I gotta be honest. If Brooks Kersky is supposed to save the motherland and bring the Yankees a World Series, there's gonna be no Krispy Kreme, and, and I'm telling you, he doesn't look that great. I mean, he, he... So, so if, if, if that's it, and I... I already got the Yankees not winning anything this year. But if that's it, if that's what's supposed to happen, well, c- c- Cashman, congratulations. You played yourself. But start one, bench one, cut one. Jeter, Ma- Mariano Rivera, or Andy Pettit. All right, so you definitely have to cut Pettit. And then you have to start Mariano and get the bench junior. Why? Mariano's my favorite player of all time. Um, and he was the most dominant player at his position of all time. Right. Jeter was nice. Jeter was awesome. Jeter was unbelievable. All these moments, everything, all bit. But he's not Mariano. There's only one Mariano. Okay. Interesting. That's very interesting. Um, back with, back with hockey, um, what do you think now, what's your, what's your thoughts on Dan Quinn? Because I see a lot of Ranger fans get mad with his lineups, he plays favorites, this is a very young Ranger team, so do you need a veteran coach for this, for this young team, or are you going to ride it out with Dan Quinn? So, this is interesting, because I've been thinking about it a lot, I think... I think Quinn is the guy to like kind of get them seasoned and get them professional, right? 
and then they're going to have a letdown in the playoffs. I don't know if it's this year, but you know they might it might be next year where they're not they're they're not hitting their stride anymore. The message has gone stale, and they bring in somebody else. Whether it's different. so, my theory ultimately is that Quinville's going to become the next coach of the Rangers once once Quinn's out. Um, and reunite with Panarin and give it a crack in New York so then he could potentially win a cup in New York and Chicago, or multiple cups in Chicago, rather. But I like Quinn, but I think he's looking at the Tortorella fate where he got a team ready to go into real true primetime contention every single year, and then Vigneault comes in and, you know, rides it out for three, four years where they're, like, legitimately cup contenders, and I think that's how... Quinn's fate ultimately going to be. I don't know if he's going to be the guy to get the, the chance to see it through, um, but that's my that's kind of how I see it going. Where you know I could see him Quinn getting this year. Rangers potentially make the playoffs. They do or they don't. Next year is the real big year, and if they don't take a step forward, I think he's out. And then Quinnville is going to be the guy um, for the Rangers at some point. All right, give us give us a record for the Rangers this year. Devin Taves, and ah, 
I think they are winning the cup. I am all in on Colorado. I think McKinnon's going to win the Hart Trophy, potentially even the Ross as well. Um, I think McCarr is a dark horse candidate for the Norris. And that team was just loaded. They got Nico Ranton in. They got Landis Scott. They got guys everywhere. And Five and Bowen's coming up. Like they, 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 this team is so loaded. Joe Sackett plays the whole like all shut kind of thing. But this team, this team is a bunch of killers. And I, Nathan McKinnon was like the points leader in the playoffs last year. Didn't even make the cup. I mean, it's, it's between whoever comes out of the West to me is winning the cup. I think what's going to hurt Tampa is. No Kucherov for the entire season is going to be a problem. You can't count on Stamkos to play a healthy season. You don't really know what's going to happen with him. And they played a lot of games, a lot of deep playoff runs, a lot of games these past few years. And that, that, that takes a toll on you. Colorado hasn't played a lot of games yet. Um, and even even Vegas, Shea Theodore is amazing. Mark Stone's awesome. Petrangelo's big-time free agent. They got your boy Leonard there, backstabbing Flurry. They have... Vegas and Colorado, whoever whoever wins, whoever comes out of the West is going to win uh, the Stanley Cup in my mind. I respect that. All right, rapid, you ready for some rapid fire, Pat, before we get you out of here? Let's do it. Okay, who do you think is going to win the Cup first, the Islanders or the Rangers? Rangers. All right. Um, who, um, what... Which, um, who do you think is going to win tomorrow, the Islanders or the Rangers? Islanders. Respect. Okay, who, um, who do you say, um, which team do you hate the most? And which hockey team do you hate the most besides the Islanders? Let's put the Islanders, let's table the Islanders. What other team do you hate the most? Flyers. Respect. Okay, um, who do you think is winning the Hart Trophy? With, uh, so I give you McKinnon as my favorite, but I have two dark horse candidates for it. I think Elias Pettersson out of Vancouver, and then Mike Sveshnikov out of Carolina. I think Carolina could be awesome. I think Sveshnikov is going to win the Hart Trophy. I, I got my Monday Sveshnikov. He is, that guy is something special. Okay, um, who, uh, who is the best New York Metropolitan athlete? Can I say Metropolitan? I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. If you're not including Bills players or Sabres players, this is a fraudulent list. They are New York, so don't be a hack. You gotta include the Bills and Sabres. No, 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 no. When I say when I say metropolitan, I'm not talking Buffalo. Buffalo is not part of the metropolitan. You are such a hack. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So Buffalo is not included. So. That's why I didn't include it. If I included New York athletes, then Buffalo would be included. Because I said Metropolitan. See, 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 you're being slick, though. That, that's why you phrased it that way. You're being slick. You trash All wagon. Right. So, well, anyway, to answer, answer the question. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, I think I, I, I'm going to break it into five that I think are in the, in the conversation. And I'll give me a little more time 
truly does that to, I think, that person is. So, DeGrom and Cole have earned that conversation. And I personally okay. think DeGrom is better than Cole. So, I'm going to eliminate oh. Cole. Okay. I think Panarin's in the mix. Panarin and DeGrom. And then KD. Yes. I'm, I'm going to go with... I'm going to eliminate Panarin. So it's between DeGrom and KD in my mind. And I'm going to roll with KD. I think he's unbelievable. He's everything you could ever want a basketball player. We've seen enough to know he's healthy. So by the narrowest of margins, I'm going to roll with KD as the best athlete in the metropolitan area. And the last question, sticking with the metropolitan area... Who is going to win a championship in the metropolitan area first? That don't include Buffalo. I'm sorry. <sighs> All right. Um, Yankees. Yankees? Yes, Yankees. Yankees. So we're going to discount the fact that, that the Brooklyn Nets got, got three of the top team players in the NBA. We're going to discount I'm, that. I'm, I'm not discounting that. I think there's a lot of factors that have to go into it. You, you, we objectively don't know if Kyrie Irving is ever going to play basketball for the New York Nets or for the Brooklyn Nets ever again. You, we objectively don't know that. That, yes. that is actual, actual possibility. And what, what's to make you think that the Lakers don't make another massive move and like trade for a Bradley Beal or they don't trade for a John Collins to pair with LeBron and and if they trade for Bradley Bill, they're going to be losing a lot of important pieces. That's, yeah, but that's, that's not just those important pieces today? Am I, am yes, I, am I but, but when you have, you when you have the best player in the NBA on your team and a top scorer, that's, that's going to weigh it off, you know? Who's the best player in the NBA? Kevin Durant. He is Conversation for a different episode, my man. Um, but but before we get you out of here, tell us how much you love working at the Sports Chill and how how you get started with Jimmy over there. It's fun, man. I mean, you know, I love. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a sports guy. It's just how it goes. And we had a, a mutual friend, and we went we went to a game. It was actually. Clint Frazier's walk-off against Corey Knable. We had these incredible seats, and we were heckling Travis Shaw all game. And, <laughs> um, you know, a few days later, or like a, a, few, like a year later or whatever, whatever the time frame was, I reached out to Jimmy and said, hey, I want to start writing. And that's originally where my passion is, is writing. Um, and I started to write for him for a bit on the sports show when we were blogging more, or blogging in general, rather. 
And then, uh, you know, we kind of just kind of just became his right hand man, whether it became editing, blogs, um, or whatever it may be. And now, you know, I'm helping out with social media with Chill Blue Shirts and Chill Mix and uh, Giant Chill. So it's been fun. It's, it's really cool. You know, it's nice to have a platform to, to do things on and, you know, put your twist on things. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been good. Love the guy to death. Well, all I can say, my man, Pat, thank you for going. Thank you for coming on. You know, tomorrow, it's it's no love lost. You know, it's Rangers Islanders. So from this point on tomorrow, the Rangers are the enemy. And I'm sorry. <laughs> that's how I, um, it's no hard feeling. No hard, doesn't mean I don't like you. It just means that when, when, when the puck's on, there's no friends. Oh, no. I mean, man, but I mean. The last game I was at, before COVID hit, it was Mika's walk-off at the Coliseum. So that, like, I'm, I'm content. I'm, I'm, I'm all right with where I'm at. I, I love it. I, I miss it. And, you know, I hope you get some good hockey tomorrow and, and, you know, for the entire season and in the future. Absolutely, man. Take care, bro. Hey, you guys have a good night. I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. You too. Shout out to our boy, Kyrie. Williams with the big old br- 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 Brooklyn victory over the New York Knicks and you know a couple more wins against each other and for a full day James will have the big fat Brooklyn B on his Twitter PFP but this loser the guy who I call my brother the guy who I call my podcast partner you know this man, this man had the audacity, the audacity to play it off, do it slick, and then have the nerve to not know what he did wrong. This man had the nerve to go out of his way, to go around the area, not even straight through it, just around the area, and say metropolitan because he knew if he said New York, he'd have to include the Bills and Sabres. So the fact that he went out of his way to say Metropolitan. What a slick son of a bitch. Just admit it. Admit to Katie and everyone who loves Buffalo sports that you don't think they're a part of New York. Admit you're a hack. Admit you are a son of a bitch, man. Because why are you so disrespectful? Because... You know the Bills have the best chance before any other New York team. You you know, Kevin Durant is still the answer, but Josh Allen is in that top five. Eichel, he might be pretty close. You know, so, so why, so, so why are you such, why, why are you such a son of a bitch? First off, number one... I say Metropolitan because I want to keep it to a local team. And when I think local, when I say my local team, Buffalo's a great town. It's great fans. Um, Katie is, is a fantastic Buffalo Bills fan. One of my cool friends up, up in Buffalo. And Buffalo so why do you disrespect her so much? But, but, huh? Because I want to keep it to Metropolitan. That's all. It's not so much me. I just want to keep it to the Metropolitan area. I want to keep it to the teams in in the New York City area. 
You know what that's like saying? And that's like that's like saying for the stupid pe- people that say Donald Trump is not my president. He is. He is. Not. He is. He is not my leader. He is. You are changing something to fit your narrative because Buffalo, New York, it it is included. So you have to go out of your way to change it up and to be super disrespectful. If I were to say New York team, Buffalo would be included. I want to go something different and say Metropolitan. Because when you think Metropolitan, Buffalo Bills, Buffalo does not come in as Metropolitan. You don't think so Buffalo So why can't you just say New York? Why can't you just say New York? Why do you got to go around the area? Because I want to keep it to the Metropolitan area. Maybe when I want to include the Buffalo Bills and talk general New York, then maybe I'll include them. But... Until then, I'm keeping it at Metropolitan Area. You're basically That's agreeing with me without agreeing with me. Because you just basically said you're you're saying something your way just to fit your narrative. I didn't say that. All I said was I just <laughs> want to keep it to the Metropolitan Area. You can oh. take it however it is you want to take it. I'm just saying how, how it is. You, you really are a shitty person. You know, I mean, if I... If I had to rank the crappiness of people and the hackity hack hacks from Hackerstown, you know, Hackerstown United, um, you get first class accommodations, you get a hackery of a toilet, you get a hack meal, you get a hack shake, you get some hack fries to go with that hackiness, and, you know... You you be living rent free in Hacktown for 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 the rest of your breathing breathing like if you breathing you live in a Hacktown you you cannot leave you know um so that's that's you and last thing before we get out of here because I don't know what's going on for the second guess two from two hours ago by Susanna Frame police found. 25,000 child pornography images while searching Seahawks security manager home. Charges filed about an hour ago. What? I didn't hear that. Yep, she's a verified account. And at at the point of me screenshotting it, 253 comments, 2,271 retweets, 1,739 likes. Um, what was the story? Because I didn't hear the story. Police found 25,000 child pornography images while searching Seahawks security manager home. Charges filed about an hour ago. Are you kidding me? No matter how many times you say it, the number does not change. This has to be like one of those sick jokes that like you find on the internet and thinking that, oh, well, you know, 
this guy has a shit, has a crappy taste of humor, and this this dude needs to like go off the internet. But oh my god, that is disgusting. Yeah. Again, twenty five thousand images. So these could be collected over the years. You know, these these could have been from twenty years ago, and he could have changed his life. But the fact that he kept them, and let's be honest, he's keeping them for a reason. Whether it's to blackmail somebody, or whether it's to use them for his own psychotic pleasure. But you know. Just think of that, man. That's just think of it as a bunch of Bellas, a bunch of Bella and her friends. Like, just the mere thought of that makes me want to throw up. So I hope that this guy not only goes to jail for the rest of his life. I don't want him to get the death penalty, because when I screenshotted it, someone who I who, who who we followed for a long time, Boston Cream, he said death penalty. That's too good for him. He shouldn't get that. He should have to be locked up, but framed as where he's on his knees, no clothes, and. We need to find all guys who do not mind raping people. They have rape in their history. And they're dirty. They're very disgusting. They, they hate hygiene. They don't like to shower. For whatever reason, they just don't like to shower. I don't know why. It's, 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 it's an imperfect world. And it got to be at least 80 of them. Per day, line up and go to town on the guy. Beat him up, enjoy themselves, whatever they want to do, that's up to them. Um, but that's what they should do because guys like these, you know what? If you kill them, you're doing them a favor, man. That that's also what these terrorists want. These terrorists want to die. They think when they die, they get their seven, 72 virgins or something like that, or they think they go to, you know, their God, and they think they'll be thanked and et cetera, et cetera. So no, you gotta make them live, and you gotta torture them. You gotta make them wish, wish they were dead. But guys like this is a creep, and you know what, man? I hope that. That and and whoever his family is, how how can you defend this action? Right, I don't even think there's a way to defend this action. So this guy's sick, and you know, I'm I'm just if I'm a parent, man, I'm just holding on to my child tonight and making sure they're safe. And you know, if anyone has to go through like this, um, I'm sorry. That's just not cool. Um, yeah, um, obviously I wish I could be home and 
on hold, Bella, right now. But um, just uh, all of that is just sick and disgusting. And well, what you do, man? I would just. She may be sleeping, but you call your sister and you just say, "Hey, give Bella a hug and kiss for me." You know? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. And all I gotta say is that to wrap this up, um, death is too good for him. I agree with that. I, I say, you know, you don't beat him to where he's going to die. You beat him so that every single day he's reminded of what he did. So this way, the pain is so much, then eventually he'll hurt himself. But I, I wouldn't kill him right away. I think that's too good for this kid. That is just way too good for this person. That is sick. It's disgusting, and anyone who thinks with that mindset is truly, truly disgusting. But, uh, Nick, another good show. 